This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the deep sea, it's a... You're overwhelmed. Breeze was underwhelmed. Is what you have is a rare opportunity to cut loose and show you just how powerful I really am. You're going to melt just like a grilled cheese sandwich. I bet the universe howl in despair for my has returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation. Dan has arrived on the scene. Your host, Dan Schmidt, is here to talk with you this week about new episodes of Green Lantern, the animated series, Young Justice, and the animated shorts that go along with Cartoon Network's awesome and highly enjoyable and entertaining new programming block called DC Nation. And to get things rolling on our discussions about this, I'm going to introduce to you guys our co-host that is infamous on all of the Across the Airwave show, Michael J. Petty. Hey everyone, how goes it? I think it goes it's good, because we're talking... About more DC Nation, right? Well, yeah, I mean, any DC Comics talk is great after last night. Yes. Yes, where we were joined by Brian Q. Miller, which was an awesome thing, and he talked with us about the DC world as a whole and his Smallville comic that he has coming out. So keep an eye out for that. For about three hours. Yes, it was really although the, Although the recording's only an hour and a half. Right, but... We still had a great time talking with him. So Absolutely. That was a blast. And I know you guys are probably getting impatient. So I think it's just time that we just go right into our Green Lantern animated series discussion. Unless there was anything else you wanted to throw out there, Michael. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's do this. Yes. Okay. So let's just go right into talking about the Green Lantern animated series episode, Razor's Edge. Razor's Edge! I was just going to say, it sounds like an ACDC song. So take it away with the summary, Michael. Hal and Kilowog dropped captive Red Lantern Razor off at a prison asteroid run by the Spider Guild. However, when they learn that the Wardens are torturing their prisoners... They go back to investigate and are captured, leaving only Razor and Aya to rescue them. Wow, that was a long summary there, and I'm impressed that you were able to uh, do that in the Super Friends announcer voice, Michael. We'll, that was impressive. We'll be done. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Well, going on to Green Lantern, this week's episode started out kind of with the Guardians telling Cal and Kilowog to continue policing the Outer Rim for Red Lanterns. Now, this kind of made me question here if the entire series is going to be about them, as in Alan Kilowog at this point, getting back to Oa, or is this going to be just a season or a half-season story arc? I kind of hope it's a half... I kind of hope it's only a season-long or a half-a-season-long arc, because I would like to see some of the aspects from Hell's Life on Earth such as his relationship with Carol Ferris, 
and his connection to Coast City and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and what do you think, Michael? It's is it going to be mainly space, or are we going to see some Earth stuff? I think um, we're going to see a lot of space stuff, to be honest. Um, I think Earth stuff will be in it, but I think after the Green Lantern movie, I think they realize we got to maybe tone it down a little bit. Okay. Um, and and I think we can talk about this. I mean, if you guys haven't seen the WonderCon footage of Green Lantern in the animated series, like the preview, then skip ahead maybe, I don't know, 45 seconds. Yeah. But um, in the water conference, did you see stuff like Carol Ferris being Star Sapphire? You right. see the Hawkman of Thanagar beating on Hil- Kilowog and Hal. And, yeah. I mean, you see a bunch of other stuff. So I don't think it's just going to take place on the outer regions of the galaxy. I think you're going to go in further and further until we eventually get back to, like, Oa or... I, I don't know. Like, we might even go to the antimatter universe and see... Sinestro or something. I don't know. Okay. I with the last episode involving that whole fear yellow crystal thing. Yes. I have a feeling we're foreshadowing Sinestro. And I don't think they got the green light, no pun intended, on to bring Sinestro in yeah. until they were sure what they were gonna do with him in the Green Lantern sequel, which should hopefully be coming out soon. Yes. But but I don't think they realized what they could do, or maybe they did and just didn't have a green light yet. I don't know. But I have a feeling that we're going to see Sinestro throughout the series, hopefully by the end of the season. But I absolutely agree with you. I think that half-season to a season-long arc with the Red Lanterns, I think that's great, and I think we can keep them for the rest of the show, but the main focus of this season, or at least this half-season, needs to be them. Well, going, going back in time a bit, Batman the Animated Series did establish hints that several villains were coming and built up to them. Mm-hmm. So maybe Absolutely. that's what we'll get with Sinestro. Absolutely. And again, if we're seeing things like Thanagar and whatnot, you know, that's a high possibility. One of the big things I kind of wanted to see was Carol Ferris and the Star Sapphire whole arc and things like that, because I find that very interesting. And it's a challenge for Hal when he is attraction towards women come back to haunt him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting aspect. And I thought Justice League Doom yes. played it up really well. Yeah, so just going to mention that, yes. So I, I want to see some of those things. And I want to see Bruce Tim handle that story. I want to see those groups of writers, what they'll do and what what their own spin on the story is going to be. Because we do know from previous animated series that this group has done... They they do put their own spin on the villains, mm-hmm. so it'll be neat to see that aspect and where they're going. Well, I th- I think to be honest that this Green Lantern animated series is a start of a new DC animated universe. And my right. my main reason for saying universe and not just like series is because in November we're going to be getting another show on DC Nation called Beware the Batman with a similar animation style run by pretty much the same people. And I think that could that series could very well tie into Green Lantern and the animated series somehow. And I think that'd be really cool. Is that going to be a CGI show? Yes. Okay. So it's kind of a new generation. It's kind of the old generation that brought us Batman and the animated series kind of combining force with some, forces with some new animators and writers. Yeah, because some of the people who work on it now are uh, people who worked on like stuff like Ben 10, like recent, right. more recent kids' cartoons and stuff like that, Thundercats, you know, stuff like that. We've done an excellent job on those shows as well. Yeah. Uh, the Ben 10 thing, I know, is huge. The Ben, yeah, well, the 
the first show was good, and the first season of Alien Force was good, but beyond that, it kind of gets repetitive. So, oh. but yeah, but that's what I think. I think it's the start of a new DCAU, just like the current New Fifty Two in the DC Comics. So, okay. I mean, I don't know if it'll be as drastic as that at all, but right. that, that's my theory because of where the Batman and, of course, Green Lantern, the animated series. So, which is fine because I think that the hand-drawn animated universe, as we'll call it, kind of played out its course. Yeah. So I think this is fine that they're doing it that way. Mm-hmm. But kind of going into present time now with this show, <laughs> uh, Alan Kellawag basically, as we said in the summary, find a prison to detain Razor. But after they drop off the Red Lantern and leave the planet, this fun little stolway character is found, is found outside. He kind of reminded me of those alien creatures that appeared outside the Millennium Falcon. And yes. it strikes back. Yes. Uh, I think that's kind of what they were going for. Um, and he, I'm not crazy, Jordan. Right. And he shows up and he's like, you know, he shows up and he's like, the prison's not what it's cracked up to be. It's, you know, run by these vicious looking alien spire people. And it responded to your comment you said about Kilowog, where he told Allie wasn't crazy for singing that, for seeing that creature. Uh, it was kind of funny to me because I don't know if you've seen it, Michael, but there's this Twilight Zone episode that I find kind of humorous to me where it's with William Shatner oh. and he's like an airline passenger oh. and he sees this gremlin on the wing of the airplane and he's like the only one who could see it and everyone else thinks he's crazy Oh no! because he sees this. That's good. So I had to laugh at that and... <laughs> The other funny tidbit about that is they did a spoof of that cartoon on Johnny Bravo, and instead of a gremlin, it was a clown. Oh, no. And that was hilarious. No more clowns. Especially away if you from have a fear clown. of clowns, it was, it was excellent. That's almost scarier to a, than a gremlin to me. I had a fear of clowns for a very long time. Okay, so, so, so we won't go there. Between that and that Supernatural episode, I'm just... Oh, yes. <laughs> The Imaginarium episode, or whatever they called it. So Imaginarium's yeah. not community, but no, it's uh the oh, what is it called? The Chuck E. Cheese scary place. Mag- Magical Menagerie. The something. Yes, that was it. Plucky's Magical Menagerie, or something yes. like that. Ugh. But I, I just have to give these writers props to Green Lantern for uh you know referencing that Twilight Zone thing because that is an obscure reference, but I caught it. I thought it was fun. Well, that's awesome that you caught it, too. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. it's funny that it was with Kilowatts. I enjoy that character. And jokes surrounding him. He's a fun character. Yeah. Yes, you do enjoy yes. Kilowog. Yes, we all know this. No. Yes. <laughs> so you're gonna feel. You're gonna hear a lot of love for Kilowog when we're talking about this show. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Oh yeah. There's also something I forgot to mention when I talked about the WonderCon footage: Saint Walker and Razor confrontation. Nice. Hold Pretty your thought sweet. on that because I, I do have something I'm going to say about that closer to the end of this synopsis. Also, he's voiced by Phil Morris. Nice. Yeah. That's that's very exciting. He does Vandal Savage and St. Walker. Kind of opposite. And Martian Manhunter. But that's that's cool. I'm, I'll go with that. Anyhow, yeah. um, at, they go to the... Anyway, Hal and Kilowog go to the prison... Yeah, well, they're on their way to the prison. And while they're on their way, 
there's the vicious alien spider people, as you could call them, prepare to eat Razor by kind of torturing him with the images of the woman he loved being killed in some sort of attack. And Origin story. Yes. And there's something about that that I'm kind of wondering. I'm wondering if that the Green Lantern villain Mongol was mm-hmm. behind the attack. Because oh. Razor mentioned something about going to fight the warlords. Like he wants to join us uh, to become a soldier to go fight them. And his wife or love interest or whatever is trying to keep him into staying. Oh. Well, well here's another thought. Could it be the Manhunters? I thought about that too. Because of, you know, with the Thrasidus' backstory. Yeah. And whatnot. But I, I, I just found it interesting that they call them warlords. Yeah, yours is... Hmm. I like that. I do. Because it easily could be... Maybe his world was destroyed by Mongol. Then maybe Atrocitus' world was destroyed by the Manhunters. Mm-hmm. That, that's a possibility, you think? Yeah. Yeah, but definitely. The other thing, and this is interesting, and I don't know if they were trying to make a political statement on this or not, but did you notice that, you know... Razor's homeworld looked an awful lot like an oppressed country in the Middle East. Yeah, that that were that honestly that was very apparent to me. Okay, just by the especially by the way that is love interest. I keep what's her? Did they say her name? I think they said her name. I don't remember what it was. But the way she was dressed and all covered up, you know, reminded me of those countries. Yeah, and it was interesting that they put that in there. I don't know. Well, what Razor was wearing, too. Right. I mean, look at what he wears outside of his Red Lantern uniform. I mean, are they kind of going for this plot line to, like, you know, teach kids that not everyone's all bad in the Middle East? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, because I know the terrorism and stuff like that, that those countries might be played to kids as being as bad places or all the people there are bad. Yeah. But I don't know if they're trying to teach that to them or not. I don't know. Again, I could be looking a little too deep into this. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I have a feeling that it was kind of planned. Yeah. It makes sense. Well, there was a lot of stuff um, when the G.I. Joe animated series came out that was regarding and focusing on things going on with communism. Mm-hmm. And that there were political opinions, you know, from the American standpoint, put into that show. So I wasn't sure if they were kind of going for the same thing with this. But regardless on if they were trying to impose political views on kids or not, the main thing we were supposed to take away from this, these flashbacks, was that Razor was given a red lantern ring. Not because he was evil or he had evil inside of him, but it was because of his rage over losing the woman he loved. Mm -hmm. Which explains why he was able to use his ring to save Hal and Kilowog. I could see people getting confused. Again, Michael, you and I know better. But I could see them confused on thinking that, you know, the Red Lantern, it's an evil power. Because it mm-hmm. is very similar, as we said last week, to the Sith and that whole idea of Star Wars. And yeah. so this was a great way of saying, no, they're not necessarily exactly like the Sith. You know, they can't use their powers to do good and be a hero, which I thought was good. And it was also a nice way to make, you know, to give us this idea that Razor could become a part of the team or the crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you think we're going to see more of Ganthet because of all this? I, I would think so, especially if there's stuff that was left out of the Book of Oa at Hales probably slowly throughout the course of the series going to find more about it. And in the comics, he turned to Ganthet to find out right. a lot of that stuff. And Ganthet is the one that will come clean and say, well, things aren't necessarily the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Plus, aren't they almost going to have to give us more of him to explain St. Walker and how he has his powers? Yeah, you would think. I don't know. Maybe not, but and, I would and, think so. And just for people that don't know, Ganthet is the one that forges the Blue Lantern Ring that St. Walker uses. Correct. And if you didn't know that there there are different colored rings besides just red and green as well. There's also yellow, violet, blue, black, white, and indigo. Yeah, and I'm sure the show will do an excellent job of explaining that. It will probably oh, yeah. give give us at least one episode or a series of episodes that will explain each power, each color, and how its powers work. Which I thought this one did really well. This was, I felt, an episode mm-hmm. to explain how the Red Lantern Ring works. Yeah. Well, I think this one, yeah, I think you're right. And we didn't see Atrocitus this episode, did we? No. Well, besides that flashback. But that was okay. I think we needed to pull back from that big grand okay. scale of things. I get to know Razor a little bit more. I get to know his background mm-hmm. and know that, yes, he's not all evil and that he was kind of a a victim of a bad guy in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's... Yeah. And also to show the similarities between him and Kellogg. Right. Because I know they're going to clash, right. but we also need to see the similarities. So we're invested in that discussion and we want them to work it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was a big thing. And again, as as I said before, you know, we kind of touched upon, I had this in my notes about, we think that it might have to do with Sinestro um, with the yellow crystals on the planets. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, was, yes. was this the planet Cord where Sinestro forged his yellow ring? Do you think this is the same yes. place? Okay. Uh, wait, do I think this is the same place? Is it um, Cord, you think? That we saw in this episode? No, but I don't think so because Cord is in the antimatter universe. Okay. Because what I was thinking was going to happen just to make things less complicated and not have to explain antimatter and all that stuff that they were mm-hmm. just going to send him you know after he gets captured or whatever if they do that episode where Sinestro you know turns against the lanterns or whatever that they're going to just yeah. send him there to be imprisoned and while he's there he's able to break out or whatever yet he forges the crystal from the planet okay mm. I, I wonder if they would go that way that could work that yeah. could definitely work. Because a lot of huh. these Bruce Tim animated materials take something that's a little more complicated, can almost simplify it. Yeah. And I don't know if Absolutely. that's because it's a kid's show or it's just more easier for a TV show standpoint. Because you don't always have time to sit and explain everything in flashbacks like a comic does. Yeah. Like our good friend Brian Kimmel mm-hmm. was talking about last night. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, right. it could, it very well could be. I, I have no doubt it couldn't be. Right. Well, anyway, but, just, did, did you want to say something else? Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 I'm good. I'm, I'm definitely good. Okay. Well, anyway, this yellow impurity, it causes Hal and Kilowog to be captured by the spiders because they can't use their rings on yellow at this point. That could change in the future, especially if they bring in the Sinestro Corpse. Or yellow lanterns, parallax. as you could call them. Yes, or parallax. And um, as I said before, they're kind of they end up being saved by uh, a combination of Razor and Aya, that the ship, which is very cool. That was very cool, and she really did most of the heavy lifting on the situation because she was actually the one who convinced Razor to be a hero. And I know that there are a lot of people out there. Who are kind of annoyed by Hell having a spaceship when his ring when his ring lets him fly in outer space. But I think the writers of the show are doing an excellent job of making Aya feel like a necessary part of the show. To almost making her um through almost making her similar to the planet Mogo from the Green Lantern mm-hmm. comics. In this kind of sense that Aya is able to act, Aya is able to act as a valued as a value member of the corpse, despite being a ship. And do you feel that way? Is that kind mm-hmm. of their mentality, you think, the writers are going for, Michael, with the ship? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, like you said, I think it's all like Mogo. And I, th- I think it's going to be really... I mean, it, I think it's... I eventually is going to be <clears throat> a part of the... Mem- yeah, a part of the Green Lantern Corpse in her own right. I, I right. believe that definitely once... Um, her Kilowog, Hal, and Razor save the outer reaches of the galaxy. Absolutely. I have no doubt. Um, I would really... Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd really enjoy that, to be honest. I mean, it's a little different because she doesn't have a ring, per se, but she kind of is the ring. And, right. I mean, Mogo, Mogo's different. Mogo has a ring at his core, right? but it's, it's different. But the thing, so, the thing yeah. for Mogo, is he kind of shows us that every, every almost everything, and every one, mm-hmm. is capable of being a Green Lantern. If you think about it, absolutely. You know, we have John a giant planet, right? We have a giant planet. We could have a ship. We could even have a squirrel. That's true, an alien squirrel. But yes, an alien squirrel, which would be fun if they could slip him somehow into an episode. Or in a background shot. Mm-hmm. I just think that would be kind of fun. Plus, it would be very cool. To Michael Bailey on the From Crisis to Crisis podcast, he's actually a pretty well-developed character, believe it or not. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. haven't read any of his stuff with the squirrel. I don't even... I can't even think what his name is. But... Uh, Chip. Chip. Yes. That's right. That is it. Also, but yeah, so, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, also on the Aya thing, um, the Aya thing, no, Aya, Aya, keep saying it wrong. Aya. Aya, yes. Go on the scene where she kind of inhabited the virtual projection the ways of Razor's wife or love interest. I was kind yeah. of wondering if that was an indicator that there's going to be almost kind of like a Vision Scarlet Witch, if you read Avengers comics that there's going to be that kind of romance mm-hmm. between them. 
because I did read in a future episode that Aya is going to show that she's capable of possessing a robotic body in a future episode. Oh, they're going to do something with that type of thing? That was the case. Why didn't she use it in this episode? I don't no. know. I I heard that there's something in next week's episode that addresses that concept. Which is technically this week's. Right. This coming week. Yes. But yeah. Week three of DC Nations. Wait, no, we're on week three now. Oh, It'd be week, week four, four of DC Nation. Thank you. You are welcome. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I've heard that too, and I think that's, I think that's a very big possibility. That whole dynamic relationship thing, absolutely. It'd be a little weird for Green Lantern, but I could definitely see it working. To right. be honest, and and to be honest, she does care about Razor. Oh from yeah, how it sounds. For sure. So I definitely could see it happening. He just has to get over his rage. And I think once he gets over his rage and either becomes the only good Red Lantern or just becomes a Green Lantern in his own right, I think that's when they're going to be able to be together. So I'm rooting for that relationship. Well, you know, she kind of wanted to keep secret what really happened because he wasn't really ready to tell Helen Kilowog yet. And it seemed like she genuinely wanted to help him get know why he was so angry. So I thought that was a really nice touch. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah. go no, ahead. I, I was just saying I agree. Yeah. You're good. Well, my last point I had here, we kind of answered it through our conversation here. Because I was just saying, with Hal calling Razor and Aya now valued members of his crew, along with Kilowog, I was just kind of wondering if they were going to be joined by other characters who weld rings from the spectrum of light. We did, Saint after Walker. watching that trailer, we did know we were going to see St. Walker. We know Carol Ferris is coming as Star Sapphire. I don't know if we're going to get to see the good Star Sapphire. I think I think we'll see the evil one for a little bit, and then we'll see the good one. Yeah. And Just also, like in the comics. I'm also curious if we're going to... And, and I'm kind of excited about it, seeing one of the Indigo Lanterns. Yeah, because they're kind of cool looking. Indigo one, do that. hopefully, yeah. because she has a she has a tight end uh, Abin's here. Right, right. And also, which we don't really, which hasn't really been explained in the comics, to be honest. No, and Not also I think they're just kind of really cool looking. I like their look and design. And then again, mm-hmm. as I and then again, as we said, there's also yellow and orange lanterns out there as long as long as well as white and black. But that's a little more complicated at how they exist. And I, I don't even yeah. know if they're going to go there because like, explaining black and white requires a huge monstrous story arc that might be a little over kids' heads. But again, mm-hmm. the ones that we most likely will see is yellow and or- orange. And it seems unlikely that they would join Hal's cause unless we had like what we had in the comic books of the threat of Black Lanterns. Mm-hmm. which they're going to have to change up a bit because it's a little gruesome for kids that they have Black Lanterns. They don't know if Cartoon, yeah, I think, Cartoon Network feels about zombies. I think it's fine because um, 
and I only saw this because it was on and it was what my brother was watching, so don't get any perceptions about me watching more than DC Nation on Cartoon Network because besides Thundercats and that, and maybe sometimes Star Wars Clone Wars, I don't. But yeah, there's, there's a show stuff. on Cartoon Network. <laughs> yeah, there's a show on Cartoon Network called Regular Show. It's anything okay. but, trust me. Good and so. uh, what happens is they create zombies that come out of a television screen and they just they basically just kill them. And it's like a kid show. So Is I think it one Black of those live Lightning's action shows? Fine. No. Okay. It's it's animated. It's animated. Okay. Not three D animated, but it's animated. Okay. I th- I think to be honest it'd be fine. Because in the DCAU we've seen some pretty gruesome stuff all over. And I don't think this show is going to be any different than that. I mean, because first, when we first saw Batman the Animated Series, overall it was pretty kid-friendly, and that's how the show is. But I think it might start changing a little bit throughout the course, like with Beaver the Batman and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, Batman that's the what Animated I think Series had, had its moments. And well, yeah, it did. I'm not saying it didn't. I'm just saying, overall, yeah. it was more kid-friendly at the beginning. Yes. I agree with that. Well, I think so that, that's why I think they're going. Well, I think that does it for me with Green Lantern this week. I think we covered everything pretty well on what's coming. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else I wanted to say? I think War of Light is definitely a possibility. I yes. don't know about Blackest Night or Brightest Day. I kind of hope those are too, especially if the universe expands to more than yeah. one show, like with Beware the Batman, like my theory. But I'd say I'd but, save um, it for a season three or four. Well, by then, I I want Warlight to happen because by then we'll have enough corpse right. to be able to do it. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Um, but as for Blackest Night and Brightest Day, I think that would have to happen after, which I know isn't according to the regular continuity. I get that. I understand that. But, I mean, I, I think that War Light has to happen in this universe before Blackest Night happens because you need time to develop other characters in other series, too. Like, obviously, I think Hawkman exists in this continuity because of the Thanagar stuff. Batman, I believe, exists because I believe Beware the Batman is going to be tied to Green Lantern. And I mean, I, I'm sure we'll see other characters too. I'm, so. I'm assuming they'll touch Superman at some point. Absolutely, they, they might even do a either Superman in this show, show or... with that that new movie coming out, Man yeah. of Steel. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised, and to be honest, I'd be happy. Oh yeah, I'd more shows to too. cover on DC Nation. Yes. Hopefully, it'd be. Hopefully, yeah. he'd be more powerful than the Superman in the DCAU. But right, yeah. But more I definitely, I definitely think. Yes, yeah, more shows yeah. that come out of the DC Nation. Did more complications on covering stuff on ATA, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And it's all worth. <laughs> yes. So with that, why don't we because move we, on? Go ahead. Yes. So with that, why don't we move on to the shorts? We'll talk about what kind of fun stuff right. they threw at us during the commercials. So, the first thing we got was this kind of quick DC Nation. It wasn't really a Mythbusters clip, in my opinion, 
It was just kind of. It was showing. like a DC Comics extra. Yeah, I, I we'll go with that. We'll call it a DC Nation extra. Okay, basically there was some NASCAR driver. He got on and he kind of showed off the Batmobiles from the various Batman movies. And this was mm-hmm. kind of a disappointment to me because it's not like we haven't seen them before. Like a lot of us and probably people that are listening to this show could easily just put in their DVD and see them like we saw them in this <laughs> clip. I mean, that's fine. And really, anyone who's in the Los Angeles area can go see the Batmobiles by visiting Warner yeah. Brothers Studio. Or if you're in Illinois, you could go to, what's the name of the place, Michael, you're telling me? The Volo Auto Museum to see Volo. the 1960s Batman Batmobile. So the 1960s Batmobile is there. Don't tell right. anyone that I touched it. Nice. But they wouldn't let me, but I... It's there. It's not at Warner Brothers Studio. So you can check out the 60s one there. You love that show. But again, if I was in L.A., I think it would be more exciting to go see Nico and Wu, your respective yeah. co-hosts. That's more exciting. Who... They should hang out. Yeah, I know. I mean, we hang out. Why can't they hang out? Right, they should hang out. They can talk behind They should backs. both listen to this, too. Yeah. Well, they could, because we do it to them. I mean... Right. No. <laughs> I hate that Dan and... I hate that Dan and Michael. We're going to take over the show on them. Michael needs to stop singing. Yes. I hate that singing. <laughs> but it's now, not Dan, going to stop. Don't... You don't have to be violent. <laughs> right. Right. But I think if they wanted to do something cool, we should have got a DC Nation Mythbusters and had them test out the Batmobile. To have the NASCAR driver drive them around a racetrack to test out the jet engines that these cars are supposed to have, but I don't think do. Shh, they do. Okay. No, um... I know the one in the 60s didn't. That was speeding up. No, the it doesn't. <clears throat> yeah, that thing only goes like five miles, miles an hour. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. but um, I think it would have been awesome if they raced them. That would have been fun too. I would have rather had that. To be honest, I mean, I thought it was cool that we saw them at all. I was not complaining because, to be honest, we've never seen them lined up next to each other unless you've been there. That I had been there, so that was and cool. <laughs> well, I didn't. So. But nice. to have a NASCAR driver who is Trevor Bain, by the way, I th- I thought that was pretty cool. I, I again, I would have loved it if they raced him, but I mean, we can't all get what we want. There's always one short we have to complain about. Right, right, which we'll get to. But I was going to say, Michael, why weren't you in the clip? You know, Steve Colossen on Starkville's House of L said you're a NASCAR driver, so why don't we see Michael J. Petty in this clip? Uh, Michael J. Petty was busy interviewing Brian Kimmler. That's cool. That's that's a good excuse. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So Brian with you, by the way. Yeah, he writes over the Batmobile. That's awesome. He'll be glad to know that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, and then we go to our second short, which is um, part of a new series. Yes, super super best friends forever, which is done by um, the creators of My Little Pony. Yeah. And believe it or not, and Powerpuff. Girls. Well, not everybody so, is part of Powerpuff Girls, but animators involved yeah. in that show. Yeah. And, and so, this is called Powerpuff Girls way. for a New Generation. That's what they're describing. Well, it as. pretty much is, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's Donna Troy Wonder Girl, who doesn't exist in the comics anymore. Right. 
Kara Zorel, Supergirl, and Barbara Gordon Becker. Yeah. It all works out. Yes, it does. So, I, I, and this one was about uh, their invisible jet and Supergirl and Batgirl try and convince Wonder Girl to fly Wonder Woman's invisible jet to wherever they want, really, because Wonder Woman left it with the keys in the jet. Well, I love that. Yes, bad, bad on Wonder Woman's part. I don't know what she was thinking. Mm-hmm. Must I don't know. Must have been trouble at the, the Young Justice Happy Harbor cave. Must have been. Yeah. Miss Martian was changing into her, too. Oh, no. And she got upset. <laughs> no. We'll get to that in a little bit. No, what was funny about Super Best Friends Forever, at least in, from my perspective, was Supergirl wanting to take the invisible jet to TP Lex Luthor's secret hideout with like 50 rolls of toilet paper. God, I loved that how the good. last shot of her to the cartoon was her flying in the airplane carrying a whole bunch of toilet paper. Yes. And from an animation standpoint, I thought it was really cool on the animator's part to kind of use all of the super best friends ability abilities mm-hmm. or utility belt gadgets in the case of Batgirl mm-hmm. to emphasize their emotions such as like Supergirl yeah. like stomping her foot to cause the got to cause the ground to shrink to shake to convey that mm-hmm. she was angry I liked that I mm-hmm. thought that was a nice touch and I love that Tara Strong was Batgirl again yes reprising her role from season four of Batman the animated series. Awesome. Yes. She yes. was also in the Iron Giant, but yeah. Yes. My favorite movie of all time. Just saying. Iron Giant is awesome. <laughs> and I want to say it that is. The... we might have to do a commentary on it one day. Yes. Yes. And I want to say that the voice actress that played Batgirl in seasons one through three of Batman the Animated Series before Tara Strong got on board is on Dancing with the Stars right now, ironically. Really? Yes, which is interesting. Out of all shows. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I think it's right. It might be someone else in her family. But I remember my mom saying something, and I think it's the same actress. I don't know. Somebody can correct me if they want. They watch that show. I don't. Anyhow, the next... No, 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 no. Hold on. I have something to say about this. Okay, go ahead. I have something to say about Super Best Friends Forever. Um, how come Wonder Girl's Latino, Batgirl's crazy, and Supergirl's kind of big? I didn't consider it as I fat, know. and that's all I'm going to say. That's what everyone else has been saying, but I don't get it. Because it's a kid's show. Or we might have kids listening to this podcast, so I'm yeah, not going right. to go there. All right. It's Cartoon Network. We're not going to go there. But Wonder Girl is still Latino. And that's weird. Well, it's weird. We could say she has a girl. No. Is that really She's Latina. Yes. Yeah. It is. Should be more of a Greek accent if they want to do that. You would think. Yeah. But Batgirl was pretty cool. She was ecstatic and she had that pink uniform. Just pretty funny. Yeah, it fit. Batgirl was probably the most accurate out of the Super Best Friends. Probably. But the next short was from Mad. uh, Mad. Mad. Mad Magazine. 
and Mad also has a show that airs on Cartoon Network. I don't know if it's still going, but it this, is. Okay, it is. Well, this Mad cartoon was called Shazam Shazamwich. Wow, that's tricky. The Shazamwich. Yes, nice. Love getting the announcer there, Michael. Appreciate that. And I kind of like this short because it made me nostalgic for the goofy fake commercials that they used to yeah. show during Red and Stippy Show. I I don't know if some of you that might be a little bit before your time, but it was a real fun show on Nickelodeon. And they used to have commercials for like a log, which like kids would dress up and play with, like it was a doll. So that was quite funny, and they'd sing this catchy song. They went log log, and it was kind of fun. And then they used to do cereal commercials. They're kind of a joke preface commercial for this superhero named Major Breadman. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you know about this, Michael, but you should look up Major Breadman on YouTube. I don't know if they have clips of it on there, but it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, this sandwich thing kind of reminded me of that. But personally, mm-hmm. I would probably never eat a sandwich because I think I would I be would. left with a massive stomachache. Even more so than eating too much candy on Halloween. I think I would. You eat a sandwich? I think I'd eat one. I don't know, There's some weird stuff on that thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's a true hero with a flavor of sausage, the texture of ham, the nutrients of apples, the chalkiness of zinc, the apples I mentioned earlier, the calcium of milk, uh, the hardiness of meatloaf, the color of white bread, the stickiness of ice pops. The festivus of cake and the convenience of a hot pocket. Please tell me you didn't do that from memory. No comment. You did that from memory? No, I'm reading it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, oh my god. <laughs> wow. You'd be the ultimate geek knowing that. Maybe that I should know you're pretty it now. geeky if that's coming from me. Do you think I should memorize it for next time? See if I can do it? I oh think I should. God. I, that's up to I you. think I'm going to. That, that's up I to think you. I'm going I, to. I, I don't want you to embarrass yourself, though. You know, Don't try that. Ah, oh, crap. I forgot to turn off the phone. I hate that thing. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, Michael threw his phone at the wall. Because it was ringing during the podcast. (laughs) Elsewhere, at the Young Justice. Yes, that's right. Right eyed cue, Michael. Since we are digressing on the shorts, we are going to talk about Young Justice with the episode Image. Take it away, Mr. Super Friends announcer, with the summary. Thank you, Dan. When the team returns... Sorry, I had to do it. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No problem at all. When the team returns to the Middle East on a mission to Kurak, Miss Martian must face her secrets. But will doing so save the team or destroy them? Young Justice started out with Batman revealing to various members of the Young Justice to various members of the Justice League that Miss Martian 
was shape-shifting into Black Canary while making out with Superboy. And as a huge Green Arrow fan, I got a great laugh out of Ollie's reaction to the situation, especially when it was met with Dinah elbowing him in the stomach. And I think based on this reaction, it's safe to say they're married in this universe. I want to go with this. Uh, you don't agree with me, Michael. Uh, I don't know. I'm on the fence. It was Can't interesting tell. that they showed up together in street clothes. They did that in JLU. I guess. I guess. Okay. It's true. I'll give you that, yeah. Well, that's besides the point. What did you think of this little opening? Uh, what about, like, Miss Martian? Yeah, yeah, what she was doing in that whole deal. Was it surprising to you, or unexpected? Or um, I, I, to be honest, I kind of knew automatically who it was going to okay. be. Because that's so out of character for Black Canary. I know that wasn't yeah. even an option. And I had to think, who's Shapeshifter? Oh, hello, Megan. Yeah. Nice, nice <laughs> throwback to there. To be to be honest, that was not planned at all. And I realized it right after I said it. That's so sad. Go on, it's fitting. I Go wish ahead. it was planned. It fits this episode, so give it Hello, no, no, Megan. Right. Now IGN's complaining. I hate that across the Airways DC Nation podcast. They use that stupid hello Megan line. Which we hate and complain about every week. Oh, well, here this is for them then. Hello, Megan! <laughs> Why don't you just go shout it on the mountaintop now? Let everyone hear. Hold on. <laughs> Hello, Megan! Wow, that was right, like good. our first ATA Edna joke. That worked. <laughs> Again, if you don't get Edna, listen to Starkville's Awesome Hell. Anyhow. Um... From here, basically, Black Canary, she kind of flips out on Miss Martian. And I kind of thought at first this was a bit harsh for her being kind of the team psychologist. As we saw yep. in that episode where she interviewed. Oh, trainer. Yeah, all the team members. But then again, I thought about it. Dinah, Black Canary, she's not a character that likes people messing with her life or getting up in her business. True. Yeah, and so I get True. why she was kind of mad, and that's why she acted reacted so negatively towards Miss Martian. But I thought Dinah kind of felt mm -hmm. bad afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she did, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, she did. That was nice. Yeah. Did you know, Chris, did you know Christopher Carter composes the music to this show? Yeah. Him and Michael McCouston? And what, what else have they worked on? I'm just Names not ringing a bell to me. Uh, Oh, Batman Beyond, uh, Batman okay. the Animated Series. Okay. Yeah. There's some I mean, composers I, I, on those shows. I know uh, that Shirley Walker was the big person involved. Yeah, well, Christopher yeah, Carter composed little, right. pretty much all the music to Batman Beyond. He did the theme. Well, that's because Shirley Walker passed away. And I think they were the people that took over, I think. Sadly. Yes, sadly. sadly. Yeah, it's true. And Laura Redamanis as well. She's part of it as well, and she yeah. was working on Batman Beyond with Christopher Carter and Michael McCousian, so yes. that's very cool. 
I just didn't know that, so sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you. I think they might have done some work on Justice League as well. Not necessarily. Yes, they did. All right. Yes, they did. Well, moving forward, um, <laughs> basically, from Miss Martian's standpoint in this scene, it's revealed that the image she uses for her human form is based on a character from a sitcom, Hello, Megan, which is why Michael's comment was so relevant. And I like this idea because it used the lesson of teaching kids that reality is not the same as what you see on TV to intelligently justify mm -hmm. this Martian's cheesy lines and her catchphrase that Michael likes to say on the mountaintop. Take it away, Michael. Hello, Megan! Which, as I said before, television review sites like IGN have complained about to ad nauseum. And, Michael, what was your thoughts on this kind of connection? To be honest, this is where I got shocked. Okay. I'm like, holy crap, her entire fake life is a lie. Which doesn't make any sense if you don't, if you don't think about it, but if you do think about it, it makes more sense. Oh, yeah. Well, again, everyone was complaining about how she did these cheesy stuff and through baking cookies and having that personality was, you know, not fitting to a show like this. I was mm -hmm. fine with it because I felt on these types of shows, you need to have different character archetypes. And I had Starfire. Right. And that was fine with me because it worked with Starfire and I bought it with this show. That's how they went to it. But everyone else is like, oh, this isn't working and it's stupid and whatever. I thought it was kind of funny. Same. Same. Teenage girl, so. But this, like, yeah. it, it's such more deeper and understandable, and I haven't really seen IGN's review on this episode, but I hope they backed off a little bit with this. To be honest, I don't really care what IGN has to say about some of these shows, because sometimes they just ask them just because they have nothing better to say. Plus, Megan has a huge fan following. Brian Q. Muller even said last night he's a huge fan. That we, we even yeah, absolutely. About last night. So I, I Although he's behind character. an episode. Right. <laughs> but I do think she's a great character, and we got to see more great stuff with her as this kind of the theme with her going on, with her life being based on a sitcom, this kind of created this theme of the difference between reality and what's on TV. Um, this was taken a step farther by the mission that sends the young justice team to stop Queen Bee from taking over a country, causing Megan to cross paths mm. with the actress who played her television counterpart. And what was interesting about that is her son is or her son is Garfield Logan, who most of you Teen Titans fans know, at least the ones who read the comics, as the green skin animal shapeshifter beast boy. And this episode Which, to be honest, yeah. I was just going to say, to be honest, most people don't know his identity, so right. a lot of people didn't understand the reference. Right. But that is the character, just so everyone knows. Yep. And again, I think this version of Beast Boys is going to be a little less wacky, would you say? Mm -hmm. And a little less Absolutely. obsessed with mopeds? Yeah. We're going to see that more on the new Teen Titans, sure. Right. 
So there's going to be a difference between the two. So don't get worried and don't go, oh, no. We're going to have to deal with this wacky guy again. Because I know there's people who don't like the T-Titans animated series Beast Boy, but I think we're going to get a different take. I think we're going to get more of what we've seen in the comics. And that is a different mm-hmm. character than the T-Titans animated series one. And with this yeah. episode, we kind of got a really interesting twist on how he gained his powers, which was something that wasn't really explained on the Teen Titans animated series. And on this show, Garfield is basically injured in an explosion caused by Queen Bee's soldiers. As a result of this, Megan has to give him this blood transfusion. And I think through her Martian blood, Gar is going to gain his shape-shifting abilities. But I was talking about That's it... That's what I think. Yeah, but I was talking about it with Nico outside of the podcast, and he thinks something else has to happen to give him the green skin. Well, I think, obviously, since it's Martian DNA, white Martian DNA, really, Yeah. that um, I, th- I think because it's that, it's going to have a negative effect at first, and that's what will turn him green. Okay. But then he'll be able to shapeshift into animals. And I don't know how they're going to explain just animals. Because while I was thinking May- there's... There's got to be some intention of him being in the jungle. Yeah. And that happening. Like something in the jungle or where he's at will change him. I hope it's not like in the comics where he gets bit by a monkey. Something wacky like that. Well, I mean, I don't mind if it's bit by a monkey and then the monkey blood combines with the blood of the white Martian. But But it better not be a radioactive monkey. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I just said yeah. that, and that's kind of lame. Yes. <laughs> that's very lame. Yeah. Yeah. And it would make more sense on the Teen Titans animated series of this show. Yeah, yeah, true. True. But getting on to more kind of exciting and more pressing manners, uh, Megan, after she heals Garfield, the Young Justice team sees a news report which reveals that Simon the Telepath who caused the Young Justice team to lose their memories in an episode a while back. I think it was episode 9 or 10. Do you know the episode title I found, Michael? The episode title for the one with... The first Simon episode. Um, first Simon episode. Um, that was also the episode they introduced Spear to the show. Or the Super Cycle now is what... Spear it's is. Uh, episode 9. It's Barf. How do you yes. spell it? Yes. B-E-R-F-B-T, right? Yeah. Rift. That was also the episode where Superboy really and Miss Martian actually got together. Well, anyway. Yes. Simon shows up again, and Megan and him kind of get on this, get in this, to this one-on-one private battle away from the rest of the team. And he shockingly, well, to those of you who don't read the comics, reveals her true form as a white Martian. Then a really excellent reveal. And he mm-hmm. really tortures the poor girl or teenage alien with the fear that her friends won't see the kind-hearted person that exists underneath her monstrous form. Yeah. And this kind of posed the question, well, how is Megan kind-hearted when she's a part of a race of aliens that's very vicious and was responsible for the extinction of Martian Manager's people. Well, well, one thing we have to remember is that 
from what they said about Miss Martian yeah. and her first few appearances, I don't believe that the Green Martians are extinct. I know from I know from history with the DC Comics, and I believe even history in the comic for Young Justice, that um, which goes along with every episode of the series. But I believe that um, they say something about the White Martians just being like kind of raciously oppressed. Yeah. In a similar way that African Americans were back into like the sixties or seventies. Okay. I believe that I believe that's kind of how it's um portrayed. So they were um, oppressed and they struck back. The White Martians. Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't know if that's the same way here because I believe that the Green Martians are still alive and well on Mars. I think well, Mars is still a thriving planet. Okay. I believe at in this universe it's obviously different because it's Earth sixteen, not the normal Earth one or Earth Zero. But um Well it sure made it sound like also, that way. Uh, yeah. So well I mean also um broadcast and stuff. Yeah. 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 Well I mean also though, um as we saw earlier oh crap, did I really forget what I was gonna say? No. I, it's not what we saw earlier. It's what we've uh, what I've read personally. Um I know that Miss Martian, Megan, I know she was hit away during the Civil War between the White Martians and the Green Martians in the comics, and that's okay. why she's not like either. I know she was okay. hit away by her parents, and she was found years later by John Jones. Right. But in this universe, Megan just pretends to be her niece, to which John believes, because he has so many, and he doesn't really know that she's White Martian. Right. Well, this, so I mean, it's different. Well, this whole debate and Megan's white Martian being a white Martian and what her motive is kind of poses us with the question: How far is Megan willing to go to hide the fact that she's a white Martian? And she proves kind of that she's willing to go really far because she basically lobotomizes Simon to keep her secret safe. It lies to the team that you know he kind of provoked her to that point which we know is really kind of not the case, at least from a physical standpoint. And mm-hmm. with Miss Martian kind of performing this heinous action that readers of DC Comics' identity crisis those would really bother Batman, it appears that everything's kind of going to work out in the end as Garfield's mother kind of being honored by Megan taking on her human form, accepts her as family. But this short-lived mm-hmm. vic- this victory is short-lived as Queen Bee shows up in Garfield's room. It kind of uses this idea of Megan being willing to do anything to keep her secret against her. I, um... I think Megan's the mole. Yes. I don't know if she completely... I don't know if she completely knows it. But I think the White Martians are who who are going to invade in Young Justice Invasion, and I think she's the mole. That's also somehow. Nico's theory, what he said, yes. He wanted me to share that with the group as well. Okay. Right? Well, congratulations, Nico. We have the same theory. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I think I think it works. But again, right now the bad guys want her to do their their bidding as now. As kind of Queen Bee threatens that she'll Reveal the team. Reveal 
to the Young Justice team that she's a white Martian. So she's kind of under her bidding, but it's also very possible that Maggie could also be under the white Martian's bidding as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think ultimately a white Martian or even a green Martian maybe I think is behind the light and behind the whole secret invasion thing and they need everything that has been going on in the Injustice universe between the experiments and the stealing of technology. I think they need all that to commence their invasion. Okay. That's it, It's either that or dark side. Yeah, but we've seen that before. I am not saying we haven't. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm I, just saying I, those are the two most logical. I'm hoping it's something else. I'm hoping it's white Martians. Again, there's also that Starro theory being thrown about. Which seems likely because they're also bearing a Starro. But True. maybe that's that's maybe that's the way the white the white Martians are planning on stopping the superheroes. Is by using the Starros. Through Starro. Yeah. Makes sense. They can all put it all together. Because they kinda did that with the the lights plan that they have right now. With mm-hmm. that when the Injustice was it the yeah, it was the Injustice gang, right? Yep. Attack Young Justice and all that. Yeah, and the Injustice with, League, yep. Yeah, and that had to do with a lot of pieces from previous episodes being put together. So we can Correct. get the same thing. And to kind of piggyback on that theory, I'm guessing that the reason why Megan has shorter hair on the boxes for the Season 2 toys that we posted on our Facebook page and Twitter as a news story uh, is to really emphasize that she's kind of now trying to become her own person. And this is probably, she comes to this consensus as, a re- as probably a result of whatever helps her get out from underneath of B- Queen Bee's control or the discovery that she's a sleeper agent for the White Martians. I think she's going to feel incredible guilt over this. And she might rebel a little bit and be the different kind of person and also her relationship with Connor could be pushed off to the side, but we'll see. I don't know if it'll go that far. I think loyalties may be tested. Yeah. But I don't know if... um... Connor might feel a little betrayed, though. I could see that coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I meant by that, but I I don't know if um, it's going to be a complete breakup, or at least not for very long. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Hopefully. Well, because I, I really do like the relationship. So a lot more I than Super Superboy and uh, you know, uh, Wonder Girl. Yeah. I, I, I do think that there's going to be a rocky road that had a little bit for their relationship, though. Yeah. Because right now they're kind of I in agree. the puppy love, happy phase, and I think they're relationship might not be ended, but it's going to be tested when this invasion stuff goes down. Correct. And that it's revealed that she is a white Martian. Dun, dun, dun! Dun, dun, dun! This is a wait and see what will happen. But again, if you didn't like the character of Megan before, I think fans are going to be really interested in her now. And I really can't wait to see how this story plays out in animation. And I really hope this character of Miss Martian who was kind of obscure gets put to the limelight because 
She's a really interesting character, and this whole White Martian twist with her is just really neat. It really impressed me when they did it in the Teen Titans comics, and it really impresses me and gets me excited here. So there's going to be a lots of fun DC Nations that had to talk about that. Do you, um, do you think we're going to get a Titans of Tomorrow story arc in Young Justice? Possibly. I believe so. I think that'd be cool. I it just it depends on what's going on with the invasion thing, and all that how that's all going to play out. Because we are down okay. to the near end of the season, and I just don't yeah. know if that's going to fit into everything that they're trying to set up. But maybe mm-hmm. there's there's a place in season two they can slip it into things, or maybe that'll be a season three plotline. Who knows? Yeah, I, I I do hope it goes more than just two seasons. Oh yeah, that seems like where it's going at right now. But I hope it goes more. I have a feeling what it's going to be like, and, and don't panic when I say this. I think it's going to be much more exciting and better paced than you think this is. But I think it's going to be kind of like Spider-Man: The Animated Series, where each season kind of had a theme, and as a part. You know, I'm you know, rolling my eyes. Right, I know you are, but <laughs> I just say it's it's probably like season. Two could be invasion. The next season could be, it could be Young Justice Titans of Tomorrow or something. And it, you know, season three. That would be with cool. Seeing the Titans of the Future or something like that. Now, obviously, we don't see Artemis on the box. We see Blue Beetle and Lagoon Boy instead. And you see Kid Flash on the inside of the box. So I'm not worried about him at all. Right. In fact, if anything, I think he might become Flash if Barry dies in Invasion which would be really cool yeah. and sad at the same time. But um, Artemis isn't on it. There's still I, a possibility out there. I, I'm not ruling her out as the mole either. I I can't. I don't because think she you, is. Because she does become a villain in the comic books. Well, yeah. I mean, her character is a villain in the comic books. No association with her at all, but... Well, maybe Artemis isn't popular enough to make a toy out of. No, she has a toy. I Uh-oh. saw it. I don't have it. Oh. I don't have any of them yet. I want them all. <laughs> right. I want them all. But, yeah. They're cool. They are pretty sweet, actually. Yes, they are. And there's more to come now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, real quick, before... We decided to wrap up. I think we need to um, give DC Nation from a child's perspective. Yes. Did you want to want to do that, Michael? Do you want me to explain it, or do you want to explain it yourself to the group? Uh, I think it's cool if you explain it. Okay. Well, basically, we thought since Young Justice is geared for younger kids, and that kids watch the show. We thought it would be fun just to do a quick little segment getting a younger kid's reaction to this. Michael just happens to have, but she's seven, right? Yep. Michael happens to have a seven-year-old sister who he watches DC Nation with every week, which I think is cool and shows that he's a nice older brother, which is awesome. Raising her right. Right, right. Raising her right on superheroes. And she has some funny observations she makes on the show that we've kind of been laughing and joking about. So we thought it would be just kind of fun for you guys to share that with you. That again, you might get some of the, get what she's talking about. You might not, but it would just be fun anyway. So, Michael, did you want to play those? 
Yeah, um, sure, I'll play, I'll play them right now. I don't know why in Green Lantern when the guy, like a bad guy, is owning a jail because they pretty much shouldn't be doing that. So that was my sister Madeline. And basically, it was her reaction to Green Lantern in the animated series episode Razor's Edge. And she wasn't really sure why the bad guys were owning a jail. It didn't make sense to her, because why would bad guys own a jail if they're the bad guys? They should be in the jail, not owning it. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? (laughs) Well, it happens. Bad guys own jails. Bad guys do other things. Uh, It's funny how... Kids' view of justice is very, I would say, black and white, where there's gray area. And as you get older, you tend to appreciate that more so in shows when they do gray things and complicate it more. But that's because Mm -hmm. I think our lives become more complicated. And we need that stuff because it relates to the complications we have in our own life. Wow. So that's a little Well said. Wasn't that well said, Zoe? Zoe. Firefly reference? Oh. Does like there's someone named Zoe there? What? Do you have a friend? No. Remember remember the thing where Jane with Jane yes. where they first meet him? He goes, yeah. Well said. Wasn't that well said Zoe? Yes. So good. I, I forget that you know Firefly reference references now. I've known for a while now. I know. Since last summer. No, I know. My brain wasn't going Firefly. So I was like, Zoe, is there a girl named Zoe there? <laughs> Michael get to do something? No, my uh, girlfriend's name Sarah. I know, it's the Sarah. Yeah, I was like, what's going on there? Yeah, don't worry, Sarah. They used to make a Firefly <laughs> reference. We didn't mean anything by it. Anyhow, next clip. So, yep, next clip. Here we go. Good. Before I get in trouble, I guess. It's so dumb because, like, the kid, like, he's just like... Mom, I got the animals out. And then it's kind of horrible because the animals could have died anyway because of the people that were trying to shoot them. So that so was... A seven-year-old um, is smarter than an eight-year-old. <laughs> Apparently, because she yeah. thinks it's dumb for an eight-year-old to run into a barn and free animals if they're just going to probably die anyway. Plus, he, he got blown superpowers. up. So. He saw the future. He knew he was going to get superpowers. So he did it. So he ran to the bar and he's like, I'll get blown up, but I'll get superpowers later. Yay! <laughs> Don't try that at home. There you go, man. That doesn't work in real life. Madeline, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> no. I no, just complimented no, Madeline, you on being no. a nice brother and then you just say, go blow yourself up. That's that's real positive. Hey, if she gets superpowers, kind of worth it. No, <laughs> Superpowers aren't real, unfortunately. Madeline, it's worth it to get blown up if you get superpowers out of it. Because that makes perfect sense. Kids, just don't do that. My co-host is crazy. I'm sorry. Yes, but we all know this. And and before (laughs) you promote any more kids to do something destructive to themselves, why don't we move on to the closing of this episode? Oh, is it really that time? Yeah, it is that time, unfortunately. We've had a lot of fun, but we got to close things up now. But you want to tell everyone what excitement they have to look forward to on next week's DC Nation? 
Absolutely, I do. Hello, who are you talking to? Okay. Hello, Michael. <laughs> uh, hi. How's it hi. going? Um, <laughs> I don't, next week's um, episode of Crosshair Waves DC Nation, we will basically be uh, covering again. We'll be covering Green Lantern in the animated series with the next episode. Crap. That page just died. Wow. Hold on. I'll, I'll edit this out. No, I won't. I'm too lazy. What am I talking about? Okay. Um, let, let me restart. Let me restart that. No, it is the internet's fault. Uh, next week's episode of Cross Airways DC Nation reviews, we will be reviewing Green Lantern animated series episode four, Into the Abyss, nice. which is the one where Aya can be in a robot body. Right. Um, we'll be reviewing the DC shorts. Well, I know there's one for Teen Titans, and I don't know what the other ones are, but Teen Titans is on that list, so look out for that. Yeah. And we will be reviewing the Young Justice episode, Agendas, which um, in that episode, Superboy returns to Project Cadmus and goes toe-to-toe with another Superboy clone. So Exciting. that will be very cool. Yeah. and Especially um, if it lives up to those episodes... With the Super Bowl, the Super Girl clone on Justice League Unlimited. Well, they both are going to be wearing white, so you know they're clones if they wear white. Right. Yes. It's true. Yes. You, you know that, right? Yes, just, I do just know make that. It yes. yes okay. Very clear. I didn't want you to just get confused there because I made a reference. Yes. And you were supposed to get. Okay. Just yeah. making sure. I'm just watching the clock. Um, the, the show, which we need to end just, soon. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Okay. Um, no. Uh, and another thing that you guys, I think, would all like to check out if you're DC Comics fans, more specifically fans of Smallville, is Dan and I, the other night, interviewed the co- DC Comics writer for Batgirl Teen Titans, and for Smallville and the new comic, Smallville Season 11, Brian Q. Miller, which was awesome. Right. It was just awesome. And he watches... Yeah, and he watches DC Nation. So, I mean, he might be listening to this. I don't know. I hope so. It could happen. Fingers crossed. He said he's got to get caught up with us, though. True. I'd love to have him on again for DC Nation. That'd be awesome. Yes, sir. So, Brian, if you're listening, get in touch once you're up to date with DC Nation, and we will talk. Ed, thanks um, for joining us so again, I, Brian. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But, um, yeah, so guys, check out that interview with Brian Q. Miller, with Dan and myself, and um, you can also check out Dan every week on the Across the Airways podcast. Yes. He hosts with Across the Airways co-host and founding member, Nico Reifsteck. Yes. And they cover a variety of live-action television shows yes, from all across the border, including stuff like Fringe, Once Upon a Time, Person of Interest, Supernatural, you know. I mean, Castle. they used to cover Smallville and too, but yeah, Castle. That's Castle. a big one. Yeah, Nathan Film. Yes, you know. sir. But um, yeah, so you can check him out there. You can check me out on Across the Airwaves Smallville Retro Reviews, which is a spin-off podcast of Across the Airwaves 
dedicated to reviewing Smallville episodes, and when they start to premiere every Friday, Smallville Season 11 comics, which we'll actually sh- have a preview of on our DC Nation section. Yes, coming soon. And we'll have, yes, and we'll have the full review of the whatever issue it is on Retro Reviews. So, just so you guys know, you'll hear a few minutes of that here, and then the rest of it there. But, um, and that and that show is co-hosted by my co-host, Wu S. Kim, who is probably one of my favorite people to work with, besides Dan and Nico. Nice. Or maybe on the same level. I mean, I don't know. Right. It's confusing. It's, it is very confusing. So, who you love more. But yeah. You got to deal with that. Anyhow. Yeah. But anyhow. contact? Yes. Anyhow, yes. I was going to say, because we need to wrap things up quickly, if you want to contact us to talk about anything to do with Across the Airwaves, DC Nation, or any of the shows we cover, feel free to contact us in a variety of ways. You can email us by going to acrosstheairways at gmail.com. And that's acrosstheairways at gmail.com. You can also click the like button on our page to access our Facebook. You can access us on Twitter at Across Airways. There's no the in there just across airways due to and i'm michael j petty <laughs> whoa you're jumping ahead yeah no no i'm i, I meant to say <laughs> at mj petty seven yeah i i honestly if you did michael, i don't know what happened he's at he's at mj petty seven yes you could do that too i was going to say the reason why our username on twitter is across airways is the the wouldn't fit in there in our username because i know Wu was dying for the answer to that question, so I'm just sharing that. He with was you guys. for weeks. You have no right. idea. It was really funny. Yes, it was. It was kind of humorous that he asked that. Also, if you want to, you can contact us on our Google Plus page. Also, for other ways you can keep in touch with ATA, you can leave us a voicemail. You can. You can leave us. You can leave us a voicemail. Yep. Yeah. You can leave us a voicemail. Then what's that number, Nico? Then what's that number, Michael? Wow, uh, wrong uh, podcast. Uh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Sorry, I, I might just leave. Sorry, no, it's okay. I used uh, to say that every. That number. I know. I know. Uh, that number is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. So call us with any of your crackpot theories about DC Nation, and we'll play that on this show. Also, if you don't want to go back through and listen to all the ways you can contact us, we have an Android app available for you guys. So click that, and you can access all of our DC Nation Smallville Retro Reviews that Across the Airways podcast all on your cellular phone. Check that out. But in case I didn't mention it before, you can also keep in touch with everything ATA by checking out our YouTube channel, which features episodes of our video podcast, the titled News with Nico. So check that out. Nico puts a lot of great work into that. So with that, yep. yes, once again, for my co-host, Nico Reifstech, and, and my, my co-host, Wu S. Kim, I'm Dan Schmidt, <laughs> and I'm Michael J. Petty. And until next week, well, take it away, Michael. We will catch you on the airwaves. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I hope you had a good time listening to our show. You know, we kind of got a little goofy about it, but I hope you enjoyed it.
and thanks for joining us, guys. See ya. Back next week. Bye. Now return to our regularly scheduled program.